Warning, great marriage advice ahead. Marriage on the Rocks is not a licensed marriage counseling service. Our opinions and methods work for us, so your results may vary. Hey everyone, welcome to our third episode of Marriage on the Rocks. I'm Crystal. And I'm Seth. Um, So every week we have a drink with what we have to talk about. So this week we chose um, vodka tonics with Smithworks American-made vodka and a vintage tonic. Um, last week, we talked about how opposites don't attract. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we discussed some of the what we felt were the key components to um, some of the kind of five basic things that people had to have in common to have a successful relationship. Um, and then we talked about how there are opposites that do attract and have successful marriages, but from what our experience have been and what we currently experience, we felt that the uh, um, opposites really don't attract that much, that you avoid a lot of problems with um, issues that are day-to-day that really just kind of become a non-issue and you don't have to worry about because it works itself out. So that's going to be a, a pretty good little segue into what we're going to talk about today. Yeah, so today we are going to be talking about givers and takers um, like I said last week, not so much giving and taking or... Um, I give you a bunch of crap and you take the crap that I give you. Right. <clears throat> yeah. So more so um, about just being an actual a person that, that gives it all in the relationship and a person that takes it all in the relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, we did do a poll. We shared a poll um, about our topic. And 73% of you said, I, well, basically the options were, um, I spoil my partner rotten or I'm the spoiled one. Yep. So 73% of you said that you spoil your partner's rotten and 27% say that you're the spoiled one. Um, uh, we also shared an article and a quiz along with the, um, poll. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the question thing was pretty neat because it uh, took you through twenty different questions and gave examples. And I think for for us it was it was a little difficult with the with the twenty question test or quiz because there was options on there that really didn't apply to us. And so I'm sure that um, in in relationships where you have two givers together, and, and we'll we'll get into that uh, as, as we talk. But there was um, a couple options where. It didn't really apply. If, if you both are into the same thing, which kind of goes back to the opposite, don't attract. If, if you have a lot of stuff in common, some of the questions in there were a non-issue. I think one of them was the, you know, you're getting ready for date night. Do you, A, go see a movie you want to see, B, go to this movie your partner wants to see, or C, you guys don't go see what you really want to see, but you compromise on something else. And if, if you're both have a lot in common and you want to go see, you know, the, the new Deadpool movie, you're both going to go want to see the Deadpool yeah. movie. It's not, it's not that win or lose thing that we were talking about last week. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's, uh, that was the neat thing with the, with the quiz was, I think out of the 20, there was probably about 15 that were really good. That kind of gave you a pretty good sense of, of where you fell on the giver side or the taker side. Yeah, so, I mean, with us, we, we took the quiz ourselves, and 70, I had, I think it was 73%, you had yeah, 74%, 74%, and being, both of us being givers, mm-hmm. um, 
And it was kind of funny because initially you thought that I was going to be... Yeah, you would be higher than me. Higher than you, but yeah. you, I mean, one point. We were, right. <laughs> we, were, we were both right there at Givers. Mm-hmm. And so a little bit about... A little more about the Givers. A Giver typically um, is somebody that is the cooker or the cleaner, um, takes care of the kids, takes care of planning date nights and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I guess it doesn't always have to be that way, but... Yeah, and I think some, some other, if you're trying to figure out, like, am, am I a giver? Well, well, are you the one that whenever you, you're you eating and you run out of something to drink and you get up, do you ask your partner, hey, I'm up, would you like something to drink? Or are you the person that's sitting on the couch that says, hey, while you're up, get me something to drink? I mean, yeah. I think that... Those are those are the same requests that's going to result in the same thing. But if you're the one that just selflessly takes the effort to do those things, and it really doesn't have to be anything big, but if you're the one that effortlessly asks for those things, I mean, that, that's, a, that's a pretty simplified kind of example of, of where you may fall. Are you the one that just, you see something and you're like, oh, I'm going to do this for my partner? Um, or are you the one that has to be prompted to do something for your partner or don't even think about it at all? Mm-hmm. Or you're just thinking about how you would benefit from something your partner did for you. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it, it's kind of uh, it's it's a neat thing. And, and even with the giver stuff, when when you know when you talk about somebody that does the cooking and the cleaning, and you, you got to be careful because if if you guys are if it's a I say traditional type of split, but if you have a stay at home partner and a one that's working monetarily. And you guys both decide equally our contribution. My 50% is going to be I'm going to go to work every day and I'm going to provide, you know, a paycheck and, and monetary value to the relationship. But you're going to provide, you know, the physical piece of the house is clean, the meals are cooked. That's not really – you're not really a giver doing that. That's doing your part right. of the relationship. Yeah, it's not going the extra mile or anything. Right. It's just doing what you have to do. But if you know what your partner's favorite meal is and you're going to cook it for them – for no reason at all except to be nice that that's, that's a giver mentality yeah if you don't know what your partner's favorite meal is while i'm saying this you're probably you're probably a taker, a taker. <laughs> yeah um and then also so with takers takers are the people like like seth said that are <clears throat> just give me give me give me right and um don't really pay attention to their partner's needs and mm-hmm. and like you said too a, a giver is just somebody that gives selflessly mm-hmm. and doesn't want any doesn't want a pat on the back or right. anything like that. They really do it because they love to to give you what mm-hmm. you want. Right. Yeah, and I think with with takers there's usually when you when you say the word like well there there's a giver and there's a taker in a relationship where that's not what we're saying. We're we'll actually kind of get into the, you know, why it's important to actually be both givers. But when you say giver and taker, you immediately start associating that one's better than the other, that the giver is better than the taker. And I would probably agree that in most cases that's true. Um, but I think with taker, that there's, there's a couple of things where you, you really have two different types of takers. And, and there are really kind of two different attributes to both. I think that on one hand you have the taker that is – is that everybody knows they're a taker. They're very demanding. They're very high maintenance. They they require constant stuff. You know, they're the ones that's always getting the foot massage and they're the ones that's always, 
you know, getting to eat where they want to eat. And they're the ones that makes the plans. And, and uh, some people may even say, well, that's the person. We know who wears the pants in that relationship. Right. Which, but then the other, the other right. taker is somebody that, <clears throat> that is more lazy and mm-hmm. uh, is that person that sits on the couch and is like, will you get me, while you're up, get me a drink. Right. Or is somebody that you... Your your part both you and your partner work, you know, eight hours a day, and then you come home, and then the taker will sit there and sit on the couch and watch TV and mm-hmm. wait for the the giver to come home, and just wait for them to so they can get home and cook and clean and do everything. Right. Yeah. And I think that it's you know we we've been in a. In a, I guess that's a good situation for several years now where because of the flexibility in my job, I can either I was either able to really kind of set my own hours or like we do now, I, I work from home every day when I'm not traveling. But when you were working a traditional nine to five type of job, I, I was home or wrapping up my day by, you know, four or five when you were leaving. What I usually did was if we weren't going to go to the gym, if you were coming home, you called me at five, and while we were on the phone, I started cooking. Mm-hmm. And you never said, hey, I need you to fix dinner tonight because I'm too tired. You would have gladly come home and made dinner mm-hmm. if I was too busy, which did happen sometimes yeah. where I couldn't get off the phone. I was doing business calls or I was being you know, cornered by my company, and, and we had to do stuff. And you came home and was like, like, oh, did you not have time to make dinner? And it wasn't it wasn't a, where's dinner? What the heck? Well, why isn't dinner <laughs> why already is on dinner the table? It was uh-huh. just, oh, you didn't have time to make dinner? It's like, no. Oh, it's okay. like, okay, well, I'll, I'll make, make this tonight. Uh-huh. And there really wasn't an expectation that was set. But I knew for me, being the one that was home, I felt responsible that I needed to make sure that well, it was just asinine that you would not be here and have to come home and cook when I was here readily available to do it. It just mm-hmm. didn't make any sense. And I think yeah. that when you, and, and that was real, that wasn't something that, you know, I would throw up in your face that was, Oh yeah. I've, and we'll talk about that too, but I've, I've made the last three dinners to, this week. You need to make one mm-hmm. or you're taking me out because I'm tired of cooking. <laughs> I mean, I never even yeah. said that it, it wasn't a, you owe me one type of issue at all. Right. And I think that whenever, when I worked, um, earlier hours than you, and you got off later than I did. Mm-hmm. It was the same thing. Right. I did the. I tried to do more of the cooking and mm-hmm. and all that. But and then there's other. You know, there there was other little chores and stuff that we just. Well, share. I'll, I'll do the yeah. I'll do the dishes and you do the laundry mm-hmm. and. And and it wasn't really we we never really sat down and said okay here's your list of chores here's my list of chores I mean we both. We both take the trash out when we realize it's Monday night and trash is the next morning, or we forget and it's Tuesday morning and I I get up and I start making this coffee and you're like, oh shoot, let me grab the trash and you take it out. Right. Um, And it's not like I would get on to you, like, why didn't you take the trash out? Right. Yeah. We we don't have set set responsibilities responsibilities or chores, which I think some couples do need that. I I really do. You know, I, I tried to do that with my last partner Uh because 
either A, I didn't know what their expectation was that I needed to do, that I felt that they were disappointed in, or we'd hit a point where she wasn't doing what I felt anything. And it was like, okay, well, you need to pitch in a little bit here. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I, so I do think that some couples can benefit from that, especially if you're having a hard time identifying how one of you can contribute versus the other. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that would help or at least be a starting point to share the load or share the responsibility and, uh, you know, kind of everybody feel like everybody's equally pitching in. Um, and I think that that would be very necessary for a giver slash taker relationship. Yeah. But I think for a giver and giver relationship, it's, it, it really is effortless. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, we, we don't have to have those parameters around what each of us is going to do. We just do what we know needs to be done, mm-hmm. you know, and it's no matter what, it yeah, is. no matter what it is. Mm-hmm. I know. Well, and then you talking, um, a little hit a little bit on the scorekeeper type of person mm-hmm. and the scorekeeper is, it seems that they initially start out as a giver, right? Um, but then eventually they end up when they realize the taker is just taking, then they start keeping score of how much they're giving and how much the other person is taking. Yeah. And that that's where you start to get this, you know, almost kind of this, the same situation as I'm going to bottle up all of these issues I have with this person instead of bringing it to the table immediately. It's, okay, well, I'm, I'm going to, you know, do X and then I'm going to do Y and then I'm going to do Z. And it's like, okay, well, I've done these three things. And they haven't acknowledged it. They haven't, you know, compliment me on it. They haven't pitched in equally themselves or at all. And now I'm going to blow up mm-hmm. or in, in the process of blowing up, I'm going to list everything I've done. If you're having to keep track of everything you've done, you're not a sincere giver. Yeah. You're, you're a scorekeeper or what the, like the marriage world refers to as a matcher. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you, you, you can't do that. Uh, and I think as, as you just said, where the scorekeeper kind of probably initially starts off as a giver, I think you could kind of go back to the taker and place a little blame on the giver because most takers, when, when you come into a relationship, if, if you know after the first couple of dates you're with the taker, you should be belling out of that relationship, yeah. period. But I don't think most people present themselves as a taker or uh-huh. most of us choose to ignore that they're a taker. And once you find out that they're, or you, you probably start giving, if you're a giver, you're you're partially responsible for creating that type of taker. If you've yeah. got somebody that is, is pretty independent, and you start to get with them, and you're like, "Oh, don't worry, I'll I'll, I'll do your laundry this weekend for you," and um, I like cooking, so I'm just going to cook all the meals. If you truly like cooking, you should never be able to blast your partner for not being able to cook. If you've made it a priority and you've stated, "I really like to cook. I don't mind cooking." You're not allowed to go back and say, I have a problem with cooking. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> but once you start doing their laundry and you start, you know, taking care of their food and you start, you know, fluffing their pillows and you start giving them foot massages every time their toe hurts and, and all this stuff, you are creating that monster that you have now set an expectation that you have to upkeep uh-huh. because it's actually not fair to the taker to all of a sudden pull that rug out from under and say, I'm done. Uh-huh. I'm done taking care of you. In any way, shape, or form. You need to start taking care of yourself because that person is now lost and they don't know what, well, I don't know how why to take did, care of myself. Why did this happen? Yeah, how did this happen? Uh-huh. And that's usually, that taker is usually that kind of lazy taker you were talking about. Mm-hmm. And 
The other weird thing about that is that taker thinks that the giver's really happy in the relationship. Yeah. Well, they love cooking. They love taking care of me. That's what you'll hear him say. I know. And it's like, well, just because somebody doesn't actively complain about it doesn't mean they're ecstatic to do it. Yeah, well, kind of like <clears throat> how you said last week when you brought up the, the little example of um, the first the guy and the girl going on our first day mm-hmm. and um, him taking her to have Indian food and... And then, you know, later on, she tells her friend at work, oh, well, he took me to go have Indian food, and I hate Indian right. food. And that initially starts something mm-hmm. where the poor guy doesn't realize... Yeah, that his partner hates Indian food. Yeah. And so they will continue to have Indian food, and They'll she continue will continue to, to do not... Yeah, what, what he, he wants, wants to, to do. do. Right. And, and if you're one of those... And, and we run into this equally, but if you're one of those, I don't care people, I don't care what we do, I don't care where we go, you're not allowed to complain about where you go. And yeah. so if you don't like Indian, it's okay to say, I don't care what we have tonight, but I don't want Indian food. Uh-huh. We can have anything else. Well, I think it's funny that, because there is like some memes and stuff online that'll, mm-hmm. it'll, it's kind of that little joke that, well, what do you want to have to eat? Well, I don't care. What you know, whatever you want, and then mm-hmm. it's to the husband, and he's like, "Oh, well, let's have Mexican food." No, not that. Right. Yeah. You know. Yeah, and that 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 was what I lived for quite some time. Was that, and mm-hmm. it was, it was always the where do you want to eat, and it was the answer was like, "Well, I don't care anywhere you want to go," which yeah. that was not the real answer. <laughs> right. The answer was, "You know that I don't like these fifty restaurants, and I like these three restaurants. Mm-hmm. So you better pick one of those three that I like." Instead of just saying, "You know, I want to go to whatever," it would make it so much easier. Yeah. Just you know, you hate everything, so just say you want this. Mm-hmm. Um, and what ended up happening is the, the person that's always getting deprived. And like I said last week or, or whenever we talked about it. I, I never got to eat Mexican food. And so whenever, the, if the question was posed to me, where do you want to go? I'd always say Mexican food. I don't ever get to have Mexican food. <laughs> and then it was, you're just saying that because you know I hate it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, I was saying it because I don't ever get to have it. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's where, you know, I, as, as, as a giver in the relationship, I turned into the scorekeeper. Uh-huh. Because I hit a point of, you know, my perspective was we always do what you want to do. We always go where you want, when you want, eat what you want. Spend our time what you want, you know, work on the house the way you want, decorate everything the way you want, because it was it was not worth the argument to have an opinion. Mm-hmm. But it didn't start off that way. It, it all it always starts from a per, per from the perception that everybody's equal in the relationship. And even as something as simple as decorating, it, it initially started off. Well, let's go shopping for a couch. And oh, I like that couch. Oh, I like that couch. Okay, well, here's one that is kind of like both of those. And it went from reaching a compromise to a tug of war. Mm -hmm. And whoever fell over that middle flag first was the loser. Mm -hmm. And so I just quit playing. I was like, I'm not even going to pull on the rope. You do whatever you want because I don't want to fight about it. So, well, I think that brings up a funny little point or just something to talk about. Um, on like HGTV programs, you know, house hunters or whatever. <clears throat> right. And you see the the guy and the girl, and they cannot agree. Yeah. Prime on example anything. of givers and takers yes. and people not having anything in common. Uh-huh. And I think they only cast people that can't do that. Right. They can't get along because it makes for better TV. <laughs> yeah. If we were to be on HGTV and they said, "What do you want?" and we said, "Well, here's our list," and she wants exactly what I want. 
We're, our real estate agents have loved us. We haven't argued. We haven't complained. We haven't said, you know, even when we had the house built, mm-hmm. people would be very cautious. Well, do you need to talk to your wife? I'm like, yeah. no, I know what she likes. Uh-huh. Go ahead and do this. And, and then like, you'd send me a picture or something. Okay. Yeah. And then uh, I'd send, yeah, send you a picture. Like, oh, that's perfect. I love yeah. it. Well, because I'm not an idiot and <laughs> right. we get along. Yeah. But yeah, we see that on those type of mm-hmm. TV shows all the time where, you know, the house owners is a prime example. It it's is. like, here's here's three completely different houses. The guy wants, you know, something old and Victorian, and she wants something small and modern. And so they go look at old and Victorian, and she rips it apart. I hate this. It's awful. They go see something that she wants to see. And typically the guy's like, well, it doesn't have anything I want, but if that's what you want, we'll get it. And <laughs> yeah. nine times out of ten, they, they get, get what exactly what the woman yeah. wants on that TV show. <laughs> I and there, and at the end, she's all happy, and they do the update, and you know he's not getting to live in, in any place he wants, and it's you know it's a win lose situation. There was no there was no compromise. There was no being on the same page or anything. Yeah, um, I you know with with my previous relationships, or how you how you say how you were ended up being a scorekeeper. I don't think that I ended up being a scorekeeper. I think that I gave and gave and gave so much and for it was just completely different than any any kind of giving but I gave and gave and then I think I ended up just giving up yeah well and, and that that'll happen it's and you know and that's that's what I did as well mm-hmm. um, and I, and that's when you know towards the probably really last two years of, of my last marriage, is when I really just, that's when I, I made the man cave and was just like, I can't do anything right. I mm-hmm. can't, you know, there's no point in trying anymore. And my new life is I'm going to live on my own, you know, in my world, at least surrounded by things that I like. And if she mm-hmm. wants to yell at me, that's fine. I'll just get through it and then just get back into my routine. And I was working, you know, jobs where I worked throughout the middle of the night. So we had as little interaction as possible, which was probably nice for both of us because we didn't have to talk or communicate. <clears throat> she didn't have to sleep. <clears throat> Sorry, she didn't have to sleep in, you know, in bed with me because she didn't want to do that because she complained about that. And I just stayed in the basement all the time. And mm-hmm. I think that, that that's what givers tend to do. If, if everything they're doing isn't reciprocated or at least acknowledged, it's not, it's not I'm giving so I get something back. And that really kind of falls in the matcher mm-hmm. scorekeeper thing. It's, it's, it's really giving to create joy, and then you realize that it's not creating joy, mm-hmm. and at least not enough joy for somebody to say back to you, "Hey, thanks," or "Hey, I appreciate you doing this." Mm-hmm. And when you when you hit that that brick wall of it doesn't matter what I do, you just hit the brakes and let off everything and say, "Well, I'm I'm not going to do anything." Yeah, and that was where I would start to get petty, and mm-hmm. and one of the things I've told you before. Um, she used to get mad at me on the way that I would make the bet. And out of most of my married friends at the time, the wife made the bed for everybody. Mm-hmm. I was like the only dude I knew in my little circle of friends that even made the bed. Mm-hmm. And no matter how I did it, the pillows were in the wrong order. One of them, you know, whatever, whatever could be picked apart was. So I started making my side of the bed. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> because it was, it was like, you know, if, if you're not going to say anything or I'm just going to get bashed for it. You do it on your own. I'm just going to take care of mine. And so I got into nice smooth sheets on my side of the oh bed. It was gosh. all made. And she could have the wrinkle mess over there and or she could fix it the way she wanted to. That is so bad. Yeah. 
But that that's what it forces you, or I say forces, that's what you end up doing uh-huh. is it's like, okay, I'm, I'm done trying. I'm done giving. I'm going to do the exact yeah. opposite. And, and that's where you really start to see completely different types of lifestyles from uh-huh. that point on. I think so with my with my previous relationship I think it was just I say it was different and different because he was a drug addict and so and we'll get into we'll have right. another episode about that but he was that different type of taker mine was the demanding yeah. you need to do this this and this yeah. and yours was that lazy really hands off taker right and <clears throat> To to give and give and give to someone that is addicted to drugs and alcohol is completely different than any other type of person. Right. <laughs> they just don't they don't get it and they're not going yeah. to get it until, until they it's too want late. to yeah, until they want to do right. it. And yeah. then at that point it's probably too late yeah. most of the time. Yeah. And and I, I think that there there are you know, I kinda of said it a while ago, there's it's not that one is really that much better than the other. I think we would initially associate that with it. But, you know, some of the pitfalls that you see with, with givers are if they are with a taker, they end up getting with another taker and another taker. Mm-hmm. Or they turn other givers into takers because they want to do everything for them. Or mm-hmm. they, they look at the relationship. They, they find somebody that's a fixer-upper. And you'll see them with, with a really bad taker. And then they get out of that, and then they get, instead of somebody that's 100% taker, they get with somebody that's like 85%. Yeah. And everybody's like, oh, this one's so much better than the last one. And then after a couple of months, you're like, geez, that's the same person. Yeah. Well, not, well, and I think probably how you said before is they end up turning them into takers too. Mm-hmm. So they may start out slightly better than right. the previous relationship or person, mm-hmm. but then eventually with. A couple months of them with a person that is so much of a taker or the wrong type of taker, or I mean giver, right. with a, the giver, um, they end up just becoming another taker. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That they've cre- that the giver has created and a monster. <laughs> yeah, and, and then it's like, what happened? Why do all of my relationships end like this? And it's like, well. You're doing it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm not blaming you 100%. And they don't, they don't realize they have, that they're they doing it. They don't realize it at all. You know, and, and just as blind as they are to what they're doing is the exact same amount of blindness that that, that type of taker has. Oh, my partner's happy because they think, oh, they, they love taking care of me. They love cooking and cleaning and all this stuff. They get to do exactly what they want. All they have to do is sit back and let them do it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no. But I think a lot of that is the – a lot of people put – a lot of hope and assumptions into things. Mm-hmm. And we we think as adults that somebody's going to react to a situation or do something the way we would do it. And that's something that <clears throat> I still work with all the time with everything whether it's, you know, whether it's fitness, whether it's, you know, anything. It's like I don't understand how you can do this because I do that. Mm-hmm. And and that that makes it hard to see where somebody else is coming from. Um but we we tend to hope and think and assume that somebody's going to replicate our behavior mm-hmm. like like we do with a child. If if we want a child to learn how to how to how to make that bed, we we take him in there, we show him how to make the bed, we have him help us, and eventually, as that child matures and gets you know more d- independent, that becomes part of their daily routine. Hopefully, if you're not teaching your kid how to make their own bed, that's a problem. But they hit the point where they can make their bed. And we, we try the same thing in a relationship, excuse me, with another adult where we say, okay, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to cook for you. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to do this. 
And over time, if I do this enough, they're going to want to do the same thing for me. And that rarely happens. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> you know, and it's, it's one of those things where if, if you are the one that cooked dinner and you, you cook dinner, you serve it to your partner and you and your partner sit down on the couch and you're going to watch whatever TV show that you guys want to watch and you finish eating and you're kind of, if you're thinking, well, I cook dinner, my partner should naturally volunteer to clean the kitchen. You're probably you're probably a scorekeeper. Yeah, you're probably a scorekeeper. <laughs> but with that that scenario, chances are that person's a man, and they aren't gonna just wake up one day and say, uh-huh. "Hey, I've just I've noticed that for the last five years you've cooked all of our dinners and I haven't done the dishes." Yeah, I'm gonna change all that today, mm-hmm. unless there's some kind of significant event or something. But what you tend to find out as you talk to people in those relationships is that person that is sick and tired of it has not once said, Spoke up. Hey, uh, did you like dinner? And they say, oh, yeah, it was great. Well, would you mind doing the dishes? Because not, if, if you aren't married to a complete disconnected asshole, nine times out of ten, that partner's going to say, yeah, I'll, I'll do the dishes. Yeah. But if you aren't going to ask them to do it, they're not going to do it. Well, and then most times <clears throat> that type of thing will end up turning into a fight. Mm-hmm. Because you can't calmly ask. Yeah. It's, hey, I've cooked the, I've cooked every meal this week. Are you going to get up off your ass and do the dishes tonight? <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. You know, and, it, and it, it, then all of a sudden it's defensive. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa where are you coming from? Uh-huh. You love doing dishes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and we have some friends that they, well, I guess they would both be givers because yeah. one of them cooks and loves to cook mm-hmm. and then the Linda said she loves to clean yeah yeah and that's that's perfect that's how they do most of their meals and that mm-hmm. doesn't mean that she doesn't cook at all mm-hmm. but that's just that and and for them i I'm, i don't want to put words in their mouth but i'm sure that's an effortless thing yeah. it's not something that they had to sit down and decide this is how we're going to behave with each other mm-hmm. it's just it just kind of comes naturally and that's why you know we say all of that um because, you know, we, our opinion and how we feel is, you know, you, you should, if you're a giver, you should be with another giver. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and those are really kind of the, the recipes for some of the most successful relationships that you're going to have is two people that at their core, the most sincere, they just want to bring joy to their partner's life. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and I think that that's, you know, and, and, and I say that's our opinion, but that's actually that's something that we actually well, see a lot what, about. I mean, that's why we shared the article, mm-hmm. um, and there's tons of stuff on that. You, you're not going to find an article that says the best relationship is two takers with each other. I mean, you're not going to see that because it's not. Um, and you're not going to see one that says givers and takers. Mm-hmm. You, you're going to see this, that it's givers together that are going to be the most successful because they genuinely want to make the other one very happy. Uh, and so that's where you you tend to have, there's there's not that feeling of, I'm doing all of this and you're doing all of that or you're doing none of that. Yeah, well, and you should want to make your partner happy. And in the in the beginning of most relationships, that's how it ends up starting mm-hmm. is to make your partner happy or make that new butterflies feeling and yeah. keep that feeling and just keep that little spark going, I guess. So why why does it stop? I don't know. I think, well, I think it stops because people don't communicate and don't say, no, I don't like to do that. Mm -hmm. I don't want to do that. Yeah. Well, and I think that there's, yeah, I I think you kind of associate it or place the blame wherever, but there, there are people that, that fake liking what they want to do because 
once again, it's like I kind of mentioned it last week. It starts from a good place. It's like, well, I want to make my partner happy, so I'm going to go along for the ride and do this. Mm-hmm. When in the long run, unless you plan on keeping that up forever, Ever. you're not. I mean, and you're still going to be happy if you do that. But it, chances are, at some point in time, it's going to come out that you don't like doing whatever that is, mm-hmm. and it should have just come out at the beginning. Now, I'm not saying that you have to bring it up on the first date, mm-hmm. but if you are doing that Indian food movie and you hate Indian food and hate movies. And the second date, your partner's like, "Hey, let's let's we had so much fun last week. Let's do Indian food movie again." That's your time to say, "You know what? I had a good time spending it with you last week." I have to be honest though, Indian food wrecks my stomach, and instead of going to see a movie, could we go bowling mm-hmm. or something? I mean, bring some kind of option or solution or bring it yeah. up to what you don't like. Don't hold it in and don't wait. Mm-hmm. Um to get through that stuff and and because hoping a lot of times you hope somebody's going to change and and you'll you'll see somebody that maybe something they do isn't really it's not really a giver or a taker mentality but if you're if you're you know you're dating some dude and you guys start to know each other a little better and he's like hey just want to let you know before we get too serious every friday is for the guys Mm -hmm. friday night's guys night and we go do stuff and if your initial uh, emotion is you know, you're a little irritated over it. Maybe you're a little jealous. Maybe, you know, you got trust issues. Whatever it is, you don't support guys night out. Once again, I'm not saying the first time you should blow up. But if you don't say something pretty early on, every Friday night is going to be guys night. Mm-hmm. The entire time you date, when you're engaged, when you're married, after you have a kid, guys typically don't mature. Mm-hmm. And well, we... it, or to the point to where they're like, you know what? I don't need that anymore. Yeah. And if they do, it takes a while. And we we feel that it is completely okay to be a jealous, jealous. person. <laughs> right, yeah. And to let the other person know how you feel. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's not... I'm, it's a, it's I'm a jealous. normal emotion. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and we'll, we're going to do like an entire episode mm-hmm. on, on jealousy and things like that as well. Um, but, but I think that, you know, it goes back to that... That hopefulness of, okay, well, if, if he gets to do, or she, it can go either way. If, if he or she gets to do whatever they want, you know, maybe next weekend we can do what, what I want to do. Or then it turns into that, well, you went out, now I get to go out. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and sometimes I think people still have, have a hard time, like, trying to figure out, like, well, I don't think I'm a taker. I'm pretty sure I'm a giver because... I because I do clean and I do do this and and mm-hmm. and we're, we're giving very generic examples, mm-hmm. but if you find yourself as somebody that's that's saying things like, "Well, I deserve this," and and it's my turn to do that, that's that's more signs of a matcher or scorekeeper or something like that um, than a real giver. Yeah, well, like <clears throat> and um, you can you can do all of the house chores during the week and and all that and not have to. Not have to say, oh, I, I, I need to get away, get away, and or you need to take me out because I did all of this all week long. Right, and if you're one of those partners that uses sex as a bargaining tool, mm-hmm. that's a huge no-no. You should never, ever do that. Um, and you know, because a lot, and once again, kind of going back to social media, you see things like that. It was you see things like no argument ever started. While a man was cleaning or something, you know, and it's like, well, yeah, right. I, I, I beg to differ on that. <laughs> well, I did it myself with my ex and yeah. he would try to vacuum and I would turn into the little witch girl and be like, what the heck? You vacuumed? 
it, why did you vacuum this way? The lines way? on the carpet are going the wrong direction. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, I mean, and, that, that and that's not nice of me. Yeah, that's another good thing to point out, though, is if, if you're that, you know, if you think you're the giver and you're pretty sure your partner's a taker, once you do have the conversation and you say, hey, you've got to start pitching in, I need you to do this, and they are attempting to do it, you're not allowed to go back and slap their hand. If you're complaining all the time that they're, you know, that they don't do the dishes and they come in, but they rinse the wrong way, or they don't load the dishwasher the correct way, you're not allowed to chew them out. Yeah. You're not allowed to get onto them because this is what you're wanting them to do. Loading the dishwasher, though, sometimes it's like, uh, it has to be done a certain way. It does, but you, know? you, you can't. But you tell them, you say, oh, well, this is how you. Yeah. Hey, I appreciate you washing the dishes uh-huh. and, and pitching in. That was great. Next time you do it, uh, you didn't load the plates in the right direction. They you know, only the backs. Whatever. I don't yeah. know what, what the example would be. Well, and don't be don't be a witch like how I was. <laughs> right. And start yelling at them. Yeah. About it. Right. And make them feel like an idiot mm-hmm. when you can just be just have good communication. Yeah. And and. Good communication and hinting around about it. It's not breathing heavy out of disgust and frustration Mm -hmm. every chance you get. It's actually saying, here's what I do and do not like. Um, A lot of times we're really bad, and and this this goes for men and women, we're really bad at just trying to hint around and, once again, hoping and assuming that our partner is going to pick up on it. And it's not that they're, they're dense or missing, but... If you if sometimes you just need to flat out tell somebody, here's what I need you to do. And you'll hear people say, Well, I've been telling you for years to do this. And they're like, when have you ever said, I want you to do and fold all the laundry? You've never said that. Yeah, but I've said it'd be great if you would help out around the chore or with the chores. Yeah. Or even Go to a, a certain destination or something. I've been wanting to go mm-hmm. and, you know, see flowers or whatever for so many years, and you've never taken me. And yeah, and you know, he, he's like, "Well, when did you tell me that?" Right. Well, I told you this, but it was always indirect. Yeah, it was always indirect. It would be, it would be a commercial on TV. Oh, hey, they're having. You know, the, the flower festival this weekend, that would be fun. That's not requesting to go. Mm-hmm. Now, I say all this, and I don't want everybody th- I would pick up on that hint. <laughs> <laughs> and, and some people do, right. and some people are good. But yeah. if you're with somebody that doesn't, you're, you're sorely mistaken if you think all of a sudden their, their radar for neediness is going to start going off because it's not. You, mm-hmm. you, you have to spell it out for some people. Yeah. Um, and, and, and that's where it, it becomes unfair to that, you know, that lazy taker because they didn't know. I didn't know you wanted to go do this. You never said, hey, it's Saturday. Remember what we saw on the news this week? Let's go do that. Yeah. Now, if they say, no, I don't want to or, you know, you're, then, then, yeah. But that's where you that's where someone turns into the scorekeeper. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I brought it up and you said no. Yeah. And when we've talked before about the. You know, there's there's a you can look at a lot of this stuff and tie and tie sex into it with how people do it, and, and we've talked before about the guy that um, there was uh-huh. an article, whole article that was about it, and I think he he I don't I don't want to take his side or her side in it, but he for whatever reason he felt that they weren't having enough sex in a relationship, and so he made it a point for was it for a year or uh, longer? I think it was a year for a full year. He kept a journal and a log. Of for how often. how often it wasn't just how how little sex they had it was to keep track of her excuses right. as to why they didn't have sex yeah. and 
the thing that was missing from the article that that I, I thought of immediately was, well, what was he trying to do to get her to have sex? Yeah. If, if you're just... If you're just, you know, if you've got two or three kids and you have to wrestle them down for three hours to put them to bed, and everybody's got to get up for work the next day, and it's eleven thirty by the time you take a shower and you're climbing into bed, you're not allowed to pull out your journal and have your pen in hand and say, "Hey, we can have sex tonight." <laughs> nope. Okay. Too tired. <laughs> I you know. know. I mean, yeah. It's like, are, are Do you, something. Yeah. Are you setting the mood? Are you are you doing something to be sexually attractive to that person and 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 turn them on and, and stay engaged with them to. You know, dudes, are you being flirtatious throughout the day? And, and we're, I don't want to talk too much about it because we're going to do a full episode on, on a healthy sex life and things like that. But um, that that is somebody that probably saw themselves as a giver. Mm-hmm. That, you know, I, I love my wife. I, I'm very attracted to her. I and, and some guys think this is enough. Well, I want to have sex with my wife all the time. No. That makes me a good husband. No, no that doesn't. <laughs> that doesn't make you a good husband. Right. That makes you a a sexually active husband, which is, I'm not saying that's bad, but that doesn't constitute enough to being a great husband. Mm-hmm. Um, and you need to figure out why your partner isn't as engaged in you. And, and there's, you know, I'm sure we could talk for four hours on the reasons behind that for some people, but it was started off from a place of, well, I, I'm attracted to my wife. I want to have sex with her. And for however long she's been saying no for a variety of reasons. And instead of, talking about it, it went to this, you know, petty place of, well, I'm going to track what's everything she did. So Mm -hmm. in a year I can throw it in her face. And so on day 366, I can say over the last year, you've given me 360 excuses as to why we haven't had sex. Yeah. You know, if you and I don't know what the end game was. I know. Were you? Were you? Was this guy thinking? Well, well what was he trying to accomplish? Yeah. Doing I mean, are, are, you, are you really thinking that at the end of that year, your partner's going to say, "You know what? We only had sex five times this last year, and I came up with three hundred six excuses as to why I couldn't." That's all stopping right now. Yeah. I mean, that's not going to be the <laughs> ultimate turn on to be like, "Oh my gosh, you're right. Let's hop in bed right now." Yeah. I mean, so I don't know. I mean, if you're with somebody that's not having sex with you, and you want more sex, don't be with that person. Yeah. But if there's something you think that can help out, then figure out how to help it out. But journaling it and throwing it up in their face or using it as a tool to try to win an argument is ridiculous because everybody loses in that battle. Right. Well, and so with, I guess, what do you think are going to be some some solutions for people that that are right? You know, are with the yeah, taker, or yeah, a giver and with a taker, mm-hmm. vice versa. Yeah, I mean, in, in hindsight, twenty twenty, I think a lot of times you you can you can talk to young couples or or people in between relationships or people in f- very new relationships, and and you can you can talk about warning signs and you know there's a lot of unsolicited advice that that people get, and I think when when you look at a group of young people and and people in our our position that you know we were. I, I say fortunate now. We were fortunate enough through our entire 20s and early 30s. Well, you not early 30s, but me. Mm-hmm. Through, pretty much through our entire 20s, though, mm-hmm. we were we made our relationship mistakes. We 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 were selfish. We were selfless. We were, you know, we were yelling. We were arguing. We called names. We we weren't the best of partners, mm-hmm. even though. You know, we, we even though we may say negative things about our previous partners, we weren't the best of partners either. No. And we were fortunate enough to get all that out of our system before we met each other. Mm-hmm. The with young couples, when you talk about givers and takers and advice, it's 
you know, unfortunately, it's, it's like the hot stove. You can tell people, don't touch the hot stove. It's going to burn. It's going to burn. It's going to burn you. I know. But some people are just bound and determined to burn the shit out of themselves on their own. <laughs> I know. And they don't heed the advice. I yeah. think as as you get older and you mature and you realize the mistakes you made, you're a little more open to hear what people have to say um, and the experience they've been through. So, But I think that a lot of young couples, it's this is just stuff that's going to happen. Yeah. And you're if you find yourself with a taker, like you said, you've got to communicate. You've got what? No, and this is whether you're in a new relationship, old relationship, young relationship, mature relationship, whatever. You're going to have to have that conversation about what your expectations are. Um, but I think if somebody if somebody came to me and said, you know, I've been married for ten years and. Um, you know, my partner is, you know, has progressed into this severe taker. What do I do? Well, my first question would be, well, how much are you giving? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Look at your, yeah. look how at yourself you first. Dial it back a little bit. Don't do everything for them. If they're used to, you know, their clothes being hung and pressed and ready for them to put on every morning, don't do that for a day. Mm-hmm. And, and you don't have to do what I did and get petty and spiteful about it, even <laughs> though that was kind of fun. <laughs> Oh God! I don't, I don't think no. that that's a solution. No, don't don't tell everyone to do that. <laughs> but I, I think you need to dial it back a little bit. Yeah, I'm not saying they're going to have an epiphany that first day and say, "Oh, my clothes weren't ready." Hmm. I well, guess they were too busy last night cooking and cleaning and take care of my clothes. I don't think that's going to happen immediately either. Uh-huh. But I think it's enough to even if you say, "Hey, you know, I'm sorry I didn't have your clothes ready today, but I was I was just really swamped from getting this stuff done." Um, and, you know, tonight over dinner, can we talk about how we can split up some of these duties or what, whatever it is? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be generic with it, but I'm kind of falling back on a stereotypical working husband and staying at home mom. And I don't want to do that because mm-hmm. uh, it can be that's not even what we are. Ours is a little more unconventional, too. So, mm-hmm. um, well, but, but you've been the stay at home. Yeah, I, I was the stay at home partner Dad. for a while. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, I went through. A period where I had I had lost my job and I still had a young child and I had a at the time a spouse with a good job so I was a stay at home parent um, and I was one of those stay at home parents that I took on full responsibility of anything and everything to do with the house though I wasn't I didn't expect her to come home and pitch in in any way shape or form mm-hmm. um, what I did expect though was to tell me thanks or whatever, what I got was, well, this is the least you could do since you aren't working. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's never the way to approach it. No, um, no, don't, you can't make your partner, right? you can't kick them while mm-hmm. they're down and make them feel bad when they're trying to do something nice. Right. Yep. Yep. Um, but, but I, I think a lot of times if, if we're talking to somebody that's already, you know, heavily in a relationship or they have kids or not, and they're trying to figure out what to do. A lot of it is, you know, not not really pointing out flaws, but you're you've got to help your partner understand and see that they are a severe taker, whether it's a lazy taker or a demanding taker. Um, and and sometimes, unfortunately, that that's conversations. It's it's going to lead into an argument. It's going to be expressing your feelings. But if you are having these conversations as these things occur, instead of waiting. For 10 items to occur and then exploding, mm-hmm. a lot of times the person on the receiving end of that that emotional overflow can't separate through the the verbal abuse that's coming out at that point. Yeah. Well, I don't know exactly what I did wrong because right. you're telling me these 10 things 
when if you would have if it was just that one thing, hey, um, you, why don't you help me do dishes any longer? You know, or or if it's just that, hit that head on, but don't wait to bring up a plethora of issues all at once. I think well, going back to the you asking or them saying that they're a giver, and then you saying, well, how much do you give? Mm-hmm. Or I'm with a taker. I'm with the, yeah. I'm with a yeah. taker. How much? Well, how much do you give? I think that the giver just doesn't. They don't even realize themselves how much they're giving to the taker. Mm-hmm. And they, well, and like we said before, they ended up creating the monster. But they need to look at themselves and see exactly what they're doing. Right. And not necessarily make it about, well, I do I do all of this and right. all that. Just... I don't know. Just ma- just kind of really evaluating the situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and I, I I said that you shouldn't use sex as a bargaining chip, but what you sometimes find out is one partner, and you know, I'll, I'll typically lean towards the men when I say this. Guys quit doing stuff because the one thing that they require to feel valued in a relationship, they're not getting anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that a lot of times couples overcomplicate issues when I, I think a lot of times you'll find out that it all really stemmed because partner A quit having sex with partner B. Mm-hmm. And if a guy even comes into it like, you know what, we aren't having sex that much. Maybe if I help out a little more, we'll, I'll get a little more. I really don't know if, if that's something like the guy should say to the girl, well, the only reason I've been helping out is so you'll start sleeping with me again. Well, I don't think he should say that. I think that, I think looking at relationships and seeing um, bad relationships, the question that I do ask myself is, well, I wonder how much sex they're having. Oh yeah. That, that, that always, that pops in my head as soon as I find out a couple seven problems. Uh huh. Um, you know, I think that that's a really valid point. Is mm-hmm. well, what's what's your sex life like? And like like we said, we'll we'll talk about that for a whole thing. But I, I think that um, sometimes it's I don't want to say it's a easy it's a easy fix, but I think it's a it's a very narrow problem mm-hmm. um, that has just spilled over into a lot of other aspects, and and that's where I think you know one of the things that we've talked about is is you know when, why do the butterflies go away? And I think a lot of that is because of of the lack of sex when you're sexually active with one another and you are looking forward to intimacy with that person it it keeps those butterflies there and it keeps you wanting to make your partner happy outside of a sexual relationship Mm -hmm. and that's where non-issues occur Mm -hmm. that's where I I don't cook and clean because I'm hoping that you'll have sex with me that night. Mm -hmm. We had sex the night before, so I'm going to help out the next day, (laughs) you know, or or whatever it is. It's not, it's, you know, call it an ass backwards reward system, Mm -hmm. but I don't do things preemptively hoping to get something out of it. I've already got what I wanted and that's going to prompt me to continue to do, to do good, to do stuff and be a contributing partner and, and not get tired of you and not get sick of you and not want to help out and not want to spend time with you or things like that. Um, and like I said, I think we, 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 we could talk about that aspect of relationship mm-hmm. for a very long time. Yeah. Um, so but, what you're saying is that's your solution. <laughs> Just yeah, kidding. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Have more sex. That'll <laughs> yeah. fix it. Um, 
No, but yeah, but I, I, th- I think the, I think talk. I don't like saying communication is key because it's very, very cliche. But I think if if you're that giver with that taker, you're going to have to have the conversation, um, and 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 see what happens from there, and and pick your battles. Start yeah. small. It doesn't have to be an all-out war of the things that they haven't done and need to start doing. It can be something very simple. And and you may have to treat them like that child, unfortunately, that says, hey, I'm making the bed. Well, don't, don't talk to them. Yeah, don't talk to them like a child. Way. Right, right. But that same type of behavior replicant that you're wanting mm-hmm. of, hey, can you help me make the bed? Grab that side and fold that sheet down with me. Mm-hmm. And and it's it's kind of a... I guess it's kind of a sly way of showing what your expectation is um, and them pitching in with you at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I mean, I know like even laundry, I mean, we, we stand in there and fold together. And yeah. we, one of us stands in front of the washer and we, once again, that's not something that we said, hey, here's what we need to do. Uh-huh. I think it was, it all stemmed from, you know, it, just us wanting to be near each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, where, 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 why are you Where'd getting you up from the couch? Where'd yeah. you go? I'm in the laundry. Well, yeah. well, I want to be in there with you. Let me come in there and help you fold laundry. It wasn't really to do the chores. It really wasn't to help you out. It was really selfish because I just wanted to be around you. Yeah, and smack my butt. Yeah, and smack you on the butt and, and have a conversation. Right. And if I've got to fold laundry to do that, then that's fine. Uh-huh. <laughs> so yeah. I think it really just kind of came from a, I just want to be with you and spend time with you, which yeah. I think, once again, effortlessly and naturally, that's that's how most givers are. And kind of going full circle back to last week, that's where having a lot in common Really helps. really helps out and pays off mm-hmm. um, because a lot of this stuff gets squashed. And any of you that have had that giver-taker relationship and are now in a giver-giver relationship, you 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 know, there's light bulbs going off the whole time oh, you talk about yeah. this stuff. Oh my gosh, yeah, that's exactly what happened to me and mm-hmm. and things like that. And you find out if you're the one in that giver-taker right now, I'm not saying the light at the end of the tunnel is dumping that taker and getting with the giver, no. but <laughs> but it's it's hard to see what that is. Um, one of the things that we've talked about that uh, you know we can kind of finish with on on the topic is, do you think a give or take a relationship can lead to happiness, or, or are they happy? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. give or taker, yeah. Yeah, if, uh-huh. if you have a giver and taker, right? You know, are are they happy? And, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, our response to that is usually, well, happiness is is a relative term. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you know, in in my in my previous relationship, even at year ten, if somebody said, "Hey Seth, are you happily married?" I would have said, "Yeah." Because I didn't realize what really being happily married meant until years later when I was married to you. Mm-hmm. I thought an unhappy marriage was a normal marriage and that every couple had these problems. Every couple fought about this. Every couple had these disagreements. And while a lot of couples may have that, most and most do, mm-hmm. that doesn't mean you're in a happy marriage. Mm-hmm. And right now, we find ourselves a lot. And it's not a competition. I'm not... I'm not openly trying to evaluate my happiness per everybody else's, but I don't, I'm not complaining about you to any of my friends or coworkers or anybody because there is nothing to complain about. And so when you start complaining about that, I know right off the bat, well, I'm happier than you. Yeah. What's wrong with your relationship? (laughs) You know? I know. Well, and too many people do compare our our relationship to theirs. Mm And they'll they'll come into work or Seth will send me flowers or something and right you know someone, I wish my husband would do that right yeah and well, do you, do you, I mean I, I worked with a guy that uh, one of the Valentines I was going to get you flowers and they were like what are you doing for your wife Valentine's I said like, oh, I'm 
I'm, you know, I bought her a dress. I'm getting her flowers. You know, I list off all this stuff. And it was just like, what? And, and the answer was, oh, my wife doesn't like flowers. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, are, are you really sure about that? <laughs> oh, yeah. She told me when we were really dating early on that she didn't like flowers. And um, it was embarrassing if she got it at work. And I just find it very hard to believe that any girl would not want to receive flowers from the man that loved them yeah. at work because it makes them feel special. Even if you are getting attention, it's and then I know as I say that somebody there's that one person <laughs> out there that's like, well, I hate flowers, right? Maybe she's allergic to them or whatever it is, I know. Um, or well, maybe she associates flowers with funerals and it's depressing or yeah. whatever. There's always some yeah. little get her some uh, chocolate covered strawberries. Yeah, do or... <laughs> something that that does not yeah. let you off the hook from doing something. Yeah. sentimental for your partner. Mm-hmm. Um, and if she doesn't like flowers at work, you better have a two dozen bouquet sitting on the dinner table when she gets home for, or something. I mean, you, you need to put forth that effort, but you know, I, I think that a lot of times it's, you know, it, it is that kind of comparative stuff that people do. And when you find out that, you know, the girl at work's like, Oh, I wish my husband would do that. Well, d- does your husband know that you, you like that stuff? I mean, yeah, let know. him know. Yeah, let him know. Mm-hmm. And not by going home and saying, oh, yeah, Seth sent Crystal more flowers at work. Mm-hmm. Because what you typically see is somebody, instead of just saying, yeah, yeah, it was really nice what Seth did for Crystal, it was, oh, gosh, really? He mm-hmm. sent her flowers again. And they play it down like they wouldn't want to be in the same right. situation. Yeah, It's like, like it's, it's okay to be like, hey, I want to be treated like that. Hey, you. Treat me like that. Hello. You know? I mean, that's fine. I mean, you demand what you want. You, you you deserve, and it's okay to ask for the level of commitment and love you want from your partner. That's fine. Uh huh. Yeah. Um. So I think when it kind of comes to wrapping up the givers and takers, I mean, we, we've talked a lot about all that stuff of kind of what they are, uh, what they mean. Hopefully, you know, you have a, at least a good understanding of where. Um, you may be if you're listening to or this. Or if you don't know, take that little yeah, quiz. Yeah, take that little quiz. It's, it's, it's fun. easy. It's fun. Yeah. And it'll, it'll kind of let you see what's uh, kind of Take it you with fall. your partner, too. Yeah, have your partner take it. Don't. Mm-hmm. If you know your partner's a taker, you're not allowed to be like, hey, <laughs> you idiot, take this. I'm gonna, it's going to prove me right. <laughs> I knew you were a taker. You're not allowed to do that. Yeah. Okay? Uh-huh. Um, so don't force it on them. Right. Um, but <clears> so <throat> next week, we're going to talk about something that... Um, kind of is a little bit, I guess, close to close, mm-hmm. hit, hits close to home with for us. Right. Um, work husbands and work wives. Yep. Maybe so, maybe irritating to some, and others may shed some light or prove you uh, prove a point or something. So right. It'll be a fun topic. Yeah. So thanks for, again for listening this week, and we'll see you next week. Thank you. <laughs>